Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, John. Hey, yes. we're here. Yep. Made it. Yeah, we are. We, but for those who are new to the show, we are The Bro Show, and I'm Jerry. And I am John. We are actual brothers. Yeah. Mm. Same mom, same dad. You know what we do every week, John? What do we do? Every week, Saturday morning, usually around 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock in the morning, we talk about four things. We talk about, number one, an animal. Mm. See, we have we have seasons. This is season 11, episode 10 of The Bro Show, and this is the season of the tiger. So we talk about a tiger story, something that happened, we discovered about tigers we didn't know before and were willing to share. Mm, so do we share? No, we no. give. We mm. give. Yeah, we do. We can't help it. It's our nature. What can I say? Mm-hmm. And we Number also two. have solutions. Well, that's that's later. That's later. I'm sorry. That's later. No, that's okay. That's okay. It's worth saying. A lot of people, they have a podcast or they have a TV show or radio show, and what do they do? They complain. All they do is complain. They're all about griping, but we're all about solutions. So don't be surprised if you hear some really good solutions to some very vexing problems. We will be right out there with the solution. Remember the time we we had we had a cure for what ailed the uh, the former President Trump. Remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. What yeah, was the problem? That's, that's... What was the problem? Oh, the problem was that he basically didn't have an animal. He needed to have. He didn't um, have a pet. Pet. Every he needed a pet. Had a dog or a cat. Dog, or something. cat. Yeah. Yeah. So we we understood that he was unable to deal with touching. People mm. and animals, because he's you know kind of got a disorder of some sort. And so, what was his pet? Your idea, goldfish. That was it. That's all he needed. But he needed it. He didn't do it. He lost yeah. the election. It's all so obvious. Yeah, we put it out there. You know, we put it out there. But you know, sometimes his people just can't get through to him. So anyway, yeah. Oh. So, what are the two things we all about? Word. We have a word every week. That's the number two thing we do. We get a word that we ran into during research. Number three thing, we do two takes on a given topic. Not that they're, you know, necessarily argumentative, but they are two different views of an article, a phenomenon, a film, whatever. And then last but not least, we have two groaners we expose people to. <laughs> They're bad jokes. They're bad, bad jokes. Mm, yeah, they absolutely. are nasty. Yeah, those are the four things. That's what we do. Very good. So, welcome, welcome to the Bro Show. Hey, hey. Uh, mm. By the way, do you do, are you wearing anything uh, like uh, particularly above the belt? Yes, I am sure? actually. Yeah, I am. I'm wearing a T-shirt. I'm fond of T-shirts. So are you. And uh, we have a whole series of Bro Show T-shirts that we've made over the years. And I am wearing. The season of the lizard T-shirt. Oh, that's a good yeah. one. That that, that, uh, okay, yeah. that was a very photogenic uh, lizard uh, on that one. Ooh, horn horn lizard. Yeah. Yes. West Texas. Mm, that was a good one. Yeah. So, that was a memorable T-shirt. That's well. How about you? I got Bro Show Live. I've had so many people over the last couple of weeks uh, claim that they were at our Bro Show Live uh, show back 
uh, way back when at Clark Street Ale House. Uh, the shirt yeah. that's got our set list on the back. And yep. uh, if everybody who says they were at the show were there, the place couldn't hold them all. <laughs> it, it's it's become legendary. These people claim so. that they went to the show, and they yeah. didn't. And there yeah. are the other people that are listening say, oh, why wasn't I at that show? Oh, they get so upset. <laughs> hey, hey, that must be fun for you. Yeah, it is. Oh well. Oh, so I, you know, I almost the show I got the, the shirt you got. Yeah, I almost wore that shirt myself. I saw mm-hmm. it hanging in the closet, and I said, nah, I haven't worn the lizard shirt in a while, so I wore that. I like your selection. Oh, yeah, yeah, you gotta have your shirt, your t-shirts. Oh, okay. Hey, and we so have a sponsor. We do have a sponsor, Big Cat Rescue. Why don't you tell us Ooh. about it? Yeah, although Big Cat Rescue, their mission is to provide the best doggone home. Oh, excuse me, it's not for dogs, it's for cats. A home yeah, yeah, in, come on. for the cats uh, in in their care. So they get a very natural habitat. And they also want to end the abuse of cats and are looking to maybe providing some help to, in terms of the, the extinction of a certain big cat species. So this is a not 501c3 um, mm-hmm. organization that's been in existence since 1992. It's down in Florida. Does a good job. It's uh, it, it's really good. And by the way, you cannot mm-hmm. you cannot go down and watch, see these cats because you used to be able to do that, but during COVID now, and they've kind of extended, saying, you know what, let's let's let these animals hang without any human interaction. And I, yeah. I applaud them for that. So in Me addition too. to the fact they have got some, they got some swag, they got oh, some pants, yeah. they got some t-shirts. Oh. Ooh, mm. maybe you can give us a little idea of what's going on at the yeah, yeah, yeah. here. They've got a bunch of t-shirts. Uh, you know, this is one of our criteria for choosing a sponsor. And uh, since these sponsors don't choose us, we choose them, and they don't even know their sponsors, which is really wonderful. Hey, right? we're squeaky clean. We don't take yeah. them. No, we don't. <laughs> we haven't. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, uh, yeah, the T-shirts are great. Uh, and there's a wide variety of them. They aren't just one thing. And they're pretty humorous, a couple of them. And you got yeah. one, as I recall. Yeah, yeah right? I got one with the tiger in, on a, in bars saying, help me, help me. Yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah. stuff, you know. Oh, God. Yeah, it, yeah, it is beautiful. Good. I'm not. A, I am not a pet. I am not a pet. I am not a pet, yeah. And yeah. you know what? They demonstrate they have those nice, bright colors. You know, the orange, the stripes. And oh, yeah. Yeah, and you know what? That happens to be something we're going to be talking about. Well, let's talk about You want to talk about it now? Yeah, why don't we do that? You know, last week what we did is we talked about the fact we did the, the thing, what's the origin of the stripes? And we did the sort of fable thing where the kids yeah. have a story that's with, a, with you know, a uh, lessons learned at the end of it. And this week we decided, you know what, there's some real good cred. There's some good reasons that these yeah. animals have stripes. And the reasons are not that obvious. We take a look at it and say, well, yeah. you know, it's going to be, they'll stand out like, a, you know, really bright colors it would stand out, but that's not the case. And perhaps you can explain uh, a little bit why this bright color actually is not as bright when it's taken a look at by other animals. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, people don't realize this, but we see three colors. Some animals see four colors, some birds and such, but we see three colors. So we can see the orange 
that's in the background on a, a tiger's coat. And of course, we can see the stripes. All the animals can see the stripes. But the thing about the orange is that uh, most of the animals that are hanging with the tigers in the jungle that could be munchable by the tiger can't see the orange. It just looks yeah. like everything else. It blends in perfectly. So you, people think, well, geez, how do these tigers get through, you know, little tall grass in the jungle and stuff like that without being spotted? They must be really stealthy. No, they don't have to be because uh, the animals that they prey on don't see the orange. It just looks like solid green. So it's kind of a cool thing. And then there's another aspect of this. This is really interesting. Uh, it turns out that these stripes, uh, which are like a fingerprint, by the way, no two tigers have the same stripe patterns. So that's mm. interesting. Number one. Number two, uh, these stripes actually blend in perfectly with the shadows of the tall grass and vines and all the stuff that the tigers are lurking around in. So it's the perfect camouflage pattern. In fact, uh, the camouflage pants that were worn in Vietnam were tiger striped. Ooh, yeah, very good. So, yeah, it's it's a known thing that these stripes work. And also that the color works in the favor of the tiger. So there it is, John. You got it. Yeah, and that's something that is fairly new in terms of understanding and because it isn't, hasn't been known very long. It's some, yeah. some scientists figured that out. And I'm glad to hear about the fact that they have this, this specific, uh, stripes or each one is individual. That'll yeah. come in handy when it comes to the feline felons. So. Feline felons who, uh, yeah, have a proclivity toward munching on humans. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be able to identify you, so that's it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Watch your ass, Tony the Tiger. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Hey, we got a word. We got a word. Exemplary. E. Nice word. X. E. M. P. L. A. R. Y. E X E M P L A R Y. What does that mean? Well, mm-hmm. it it means uh, worthy of imitation. I kind of like to give it a little. Imitation gets a kind of a, I think, not negative connotation, but doesn't really strut the stuff that this word means. So yeah, I got I another one here, serving as a desire, desirable model, representing the best of its kind. So Ooh. commendable. These are all good. Yeah. Things. So what I did. I came up with this as we looked at our two takes and realized that our subject for the two takes is exemplary. And here is the sentence which I kind of got out of the the article I was reading. During a post-ceremony interview, the winner of the Presidential Medal of Freedom took time to fill in the details of his exemplary life. That leads us Mm. actually right into our Two two takes. Which, with the football season um, in the you know just in front of us, we felt that we might pick one of the a football uh, player that's not only known for being a great football player, but just for a great individual. He's uh, and we picked Roger Staubach, and we actually mm. fell into this because of a YouTube video, yeah, made by NFL that you ran into and says you've got to see this, you got to see this, yeah. And what was so good about it, it had it didn't have a lot of football in it, 
which is yeah. one of the reasons we like this one because I'm not a big football fan, and most of the people know the details about Roger Staubach as a football player, but they don't realize quite often the journey that he took in order to get uh, where he is and how successful he is not only as a football player but as life after football, as a good human mm. being, as a good mm. citizen. He yeah. played for uh, America's team, Dallas, and so as a result, quite often he's referred to as Captain America because he had such great leadership qualities. True. So, yeah, so we're talking about a person, just to give a little time frame, a few details. Oh, he, I got he had a, another – hold on. He had another captain. Roger, Roger. Too. Captain oh, Comeback. Yeah, captain, captain, captain Comeback. Comeback. Yeah. Yeah, he was known for that. Now, I, I have to butt in here just for a second. Now, we have some very active listeners from the Washington, D.C. area. And ah. I would ask them, I would ask them to swallow their hate for a minute because if you live in D.C., you have to hate the Cowboys. So I understand yeah. that. I mean, and this America's established rivalry. Yeah, yeah. And this America's team thing and Captain America and all that must really be bothersome for you. But rest assured, we are not going to dwell on the football. Okay, we're going to talk about a human being. If you can see your way through to actually. See Roger Staubach as a human being. I think it would be helpful. It would be. And also, if you're a younger listener and don't know what we're talking about, this rivalry good. is mostly uh, back in the 70s and 80s. And right now, the Redskins aren't that good. So, in fact, they're not even oh. the Redskins anymore. Oops. Oh. Politically incorrect. John. John. What are they now? Be careful. I don't called? know. The Nationals? Or I don't know. That's, they, they the, don't, that's the baseball. Yeah. Chicago, they're called, I think, the Washington Football Club or something very generic, so they don't have to worry yeah. about getting in any more trouble. So, yeah. but to put a time frame on this, we're talking about an individual who was born in 1942. Cincinnati went to, had a very religious upbringing, went to a, a Catholic grade school, went to a Catholic high school, where he excelled in a, a variety of sports, baseball, football, basketball, etc., yeah. And he, uh, being a good Catholic, had his, and doing well in football, had his sights set upon going to Notre Dame. But yep. uh, one of the things we, 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 a successful human being doesn't, has a little bit of luck and also was able to address adversity very well. So yes. he didn't get into Notre Dame, but a Navy recruiter came about and came to school and said, hey, you ought to think about this. And actually, it's kind of a lucky thing because the recruiter didn't go there to see Roger, went there to see the center. That's and right. All of a sudden, he's watching the watching uh, the game. And says, "Hey, wait a minute! That 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 center is giving the ball to the quarterback. Ah, the quarterback. Yes." So, as a result, <laughs> uh, <laughs> recruiters are really sharp, you know. <laughs> they really pick up on the nuances so, of the game. <laughs> so the, uh, <laughs> hey, listen. He's a recruiter. He's not a football player. Okay, he doesn't understand right. football. That's okay. okay, okay, okay. So okay. Roger wasn't necessarily uh, interested, but he took a visit to the academy and noticed the that they really had some of the the, the strong moral environment that he he likes. And there's a couple of challenges he ran into. Number one, to get into it, uh, he kind of slipped through the cracks in terms of uh, his eyesight. His eyesight was good, but he's colorblind. And if they knew he'd been colorblind at the time, he might not even get in the service academy. The other thing That's is, right. as, as he, he, he ended up uh, realizing his uh, skills in terms of English weren't what they needed to be through the rigor that they had at the school. So he took a year off and went to a military academy in uh, New Mexico where he was able mm. to do a little more work on his um, subject matter and also did a good job of honing his uh, football skills. 
Uh, yeah. He comes back, and then he runs into another challenge in his first semester. He finds yeah. out that uh, like great leaders, the 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 regiment, and the fact that you're a plebe and you're just a commoner, and you're getting get danced on by the the upper recruit or the upper classmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he couldn't handle it. So for he finally realized, hey, listen, shape up or chip out. And by the end of his first year, he just barely escaped, not getting kicked out of school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had trouble with rules. He had trouble with rules. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so he enters the academy, and he, and again, he doesn't become the quarterback right away. But in 62, he becomes the quarterback. He uh, wins the game against uh, Army in the presence of uh, President Kennedy. And so he's, his football career is off uh, to a good start. Off he goes running, the next yeah. year. He even has a better year in 63, gets a lot of publicity, and as a result, he becomes the last service quarterback or last uh, football player in a service academy to win the Heisman Trophy, which is considered the number. That's like the most valuable player award for all of college football. That's true. So one of the things when you do sign up for the academy is you have a commitment, and your commitment is to do four years of active service. Which means that any thoughts of doing football afterward are, are practically impossible. I mean, nobody comes back after four years of inactivity to do it. But he not only has his service commitment, he also ends up going to Vietnam, becoming a supply officer. Uh, and along the way, the the, uh, the doggone Navy finally got their act together and gave him a co- realized, oh, he's colorblind, so he couldn't go into really active camp combat. So he became a supply officer. But that doesn't mean he wasn't in harm's way because clearly That's right. there were That's times right. when he was. Hey, uh, he, he goes through it. He's out of it. And he has the urge to go into football even at the age of 27, 28. And yeah. he'd been drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. More yeah. challenges. One of the more yeah. set-in-his-way coaches, a stern a taskmaster named Tom Landry, is the coach for the Dallas Cowboys. He's That's also right. got competition. Got another quarterback yes, he he's going to go against. So here we go. We got a guy who's who's uh, has these challenges and doesn't even make it as a starting quarterback until he's at 30 years old. Now here's a guy That's who's right. almost like a 30 year old rookie. So right. we don't want to really get too much into uh, into his football thing, but the bottom line is that here's, here's a guy who uh, he ended up, uh, you know. Being an incredible uh, leading, when he retired, he had the highest pass percentage completion, four years rated the best quarterback. And so he had all these accolades. He was in four Super Bowls, of which he won two. By the way, Tom Landry didn't win a Super Bowl until Roger became uh, a quarterback. That's right. And guess what? After he left, how many Super Bowls did he win? None. That's right. That's right. He made a big difference. Yeah. So he has, he's got 11 NFL seasons, but probably his most famous moment, uh, in the, in the NFL was what was, what was called the Hail Mary pass in the 1975 playoff game against the Minnesota yeah. Vikings. Oh, and yeah. he, in, in his press conference after the game, explained that he, he called upon a prayer that he did while he was making this improbable impossible, no no chance of succeeding pass. And sure enough, it wins the football game. So well, he, he recited he, re, he recited the Hail Mary. Yeah. Yeah, he, Prayer, he, he yeah. could do it. Yeah. All and he did it in the he did it in the interview too. He just right. Yeah. It's it's like hey this isn't BS. L- let me give you I'll give you the prayer, okay, in case you guys sample. don't know it. You know. 
Yeah, a little sample. Well, so yeah. here he, yeah, he, here's a guy that's, you know, by, he, he's reached, you know, 11 years and all of a sudden, one of the things, he was a scrambling quarterback. And when you oh, scramble yeah. and the plays, he's called Roger the Dodger because he, you know, he'd drive his coach, uh, he's one of these guys where, uh, Tom Landry <laughs> being on the sideline, he'd say, Roger, no, no, no. Go, 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 you know. Yeah, exactly. All this stuff. And, but he, he had like 20 concussions for sure, at least. Yeah. So he gets to the point, he realizes <clears> that, he, <throat> you know, he, his brains are somewhere along the line, he gets, get, get scrambled because he's not getting any quicker. So he right. goes to the doctor and the doctor makes a recommendation. Roger, you could continue playing. And by the way, he retires and his last season is one of his best seasons. So That's he went correct. out on top. He didn't go he did. because his skills were eroding. So he ends up his, uh, his career. And the other thing to show you that he realized that football careers can end on one play. You can get, you can get labeled. Yeah. Boom. You're out for, for, for the, the duration of your career. So what yeah. he did is he started very early realizing he needed to be able to support his family. He had yeah. an interest in real estate. One of the things that, that was, was good with respect to Rogers that he sought out and realized good people to follow. And he had a mentor at this real estate firm that were even when he was a in the early seventies, as he's still a quarterback in off season, he would work real estate. By the time he's leaving the NFL, he owns his own company. And yep. he he has his own company in, in real estate, which primarily was, is a full service real estate uh, firm yep. and clients all over the world. That's and right. And I think the best way to, to measure success is the dollar. And yes, when it, it comes is. to his company, he had over offices, 40 offices all over the country, and he sold his company in 2008 for $613 million. <laughs> so somewhere along the line, I think the best thing when he started this business, he'd have a client, and he says, well, you're a football player, not real estate. He says, look, I will do your job. Here's how much. I'll do, I'll pay you. You need to pay me. If you don't think I've done a good enough job, pay me nothing. But by the way, if I do better than you think, you can give me a bonus. (laughs) That's right. That was was a cool pitch. So he ends up, his family gets about a hundred million dollars out of all this for his family trust. And by the way, talking about a family, uh, this well provided family of Roger and his wife of well over 50 years, his girlfriend, and he claims his best moment as a football player was in the seventh grade when he's racing down the sideline and gets an eye full of, of one of the cheerleaders. And he says, yeah. I'm going to marry that girl one of these days. And the rest is And he did. did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Cool guy. So, cool guy. Yeah. There's uh, several and, things. Several yeah, things along the way. About his, his modesty and all his, his comp- – Oh, yeah. You know, he's yeah. just leader. You know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's a hard balance, right? You have to it have is. swagger I mean, and self-confidence to lead, but you also have to be able to tuck it in every once in a while. You know, you can't you can't just be swagging all over the place. You have to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. And he seemed to have that knack. People said they would follow him anywhere. He was a really good leader. Leader, you know, aside he, from he, his sports acumen, he reached out to good people, and he could he could, just, oh, yeah. he could identify good people. The key, and then yes. he also. People that came to him in need, he could find the goodness in those people that other people could not see. And he was able, through discussing it with them, making people realize, hey, 
I am really good. I'm not that bad a guy. And he used <laughs> all of that to the stories. I mean, everybody that's been in contact with Roger Staubach has a Roger story. And that's yep. just the way he carried himself. And he, if you listen to him in interviews, he has a way of being very modest, but having sort of a little chuckle as he talks and comes yeah. to a point where you would assume he's going to be bragging instead of bragging. He kind of laughs a little bit about it. It's like it's, yeah. he considers it to be so menial, uh, yeah. the, the way he talks about it. And, I, and one of the things is that when it comes to his company, he was very open-minded with respect to gender. In women, he really helped as much as men with their mm. career paths. And right. uh, so it, it, it's all there. It, it, it's it's incredible story. That's all I got. Yeah, it's a good film. It's a good film. It's on YouTube. It's worth seeing. And the good part about it is even his enemies admired him. Even oh, those yeah. Washington Redskins <laughs> who wanted to kill him and injure him. Yeah. They so, grudgingly pointed out how great he was. And, you know, one, this one guy who really hated his guts said, you know, if Roger called me and needed help with something, I would be there for him. I guess most people wonder if this is a man who seems like he would be just perfect for a public office. Yeah. But uh, he, he, I, I think he, you know, he's also a man that's pretty, he, he, he has a high standard and, yeah. <laughs> and quite often yeah. government requires you to be a very, in a very compromising mode in order to be successful. And maybe yeah. Roger wouldn't have done that, would have had difficulty with that. I think, Again, he chose something which he does very well, and boy, what a, what a great story. It's about 45 minutes. The, yeah. It's, it's not that long, and it just zips right through as you watch the video. So I totally recommend wow. it, too. Yeah. So, cool. Let's, let's have some jokes. Okay, I got two groaners. One of these is I would call a, a, a primer gro- groaner. It's, it's pretty easy, so look for the obvious. What do you call a shoe made out of a banana peel? Do you call a shoe a slipper made out of it? Yes. Okay. Good. Now that's to give you some momentum. Now let's Thank go you. up. Let's 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 get to the intermediary difficulty ones. And here's here it is. And it also has to do with camouflage. Okay. Ooh. What is the name? What name do you call a woman who want who insist upon wearing camouflage. What name do you call a woman who insists upon wearing camouflage? Camille. Young girl, my... Camille. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, here's, the, here's the answer. Heidi. Oh, <laughs> oh man. That's a great groaner. That is a great groaner. Yeah, all good. I really got a chuckle out of that one. 